RBL Weekly, we are back. This is part two of the Netflix is a Joke Festival. Now, you might remember on part one, I said, uh, hey, we're going to split this into two episodes, and we're not going to make you wait a week. We're going to release it. And then what did we do? We made you wait. We made you wait a week. Sorry about that. Uh, that wasn't the plan, but um, sometimes things uh, happen, and uh, it's better late than never, right? Here it is. Uh, we appreciate everybody's patience. We appreciate you guys rocking with the show every week. We're having a great time, and we have more great episodes coming. We're going to go back to the regular RBL weekly format coming up. We also have another special episode that we just filmed. Won't tell you what that is just yet. You'll see it when it drops, but a lot of cool stuff coming. But for now, apologies for the lateness of the episode. Thanks for sticking with us. This is uh, part two of the Netflix is a Joke Festival. Hey everybody, welcome back to RBL Weekly. We are back with part two of the Netflix episode. I'm joined again by Sarah Keller. Um, if you tuned into the last episode, you already know the story. We're taking a week off from the normal RBL format, not showing things from around the league. We are focusing on one magical night back in May uh, where all the best battlers from LA and one from New York came together to put on one absolutely dynamic show. So dynamic, we had to break it into two episodes. Yeah, it was. you couldn't make it any shorter than that and, and show the, the full majesty of this episode. That's exactly right. Majesty is the perfect way to describe it. And we are going to, uh, by the way, shout out to Her Majesty the Queen, died. Uh, I don't know when you're seeing this, but in our world, yesterday. R.I.P. So pour one out for the Queen. Uh, we are going to start off this week's uh, part two episode with a battle between two of my absolute favorites. And one of them, uh, last week we talked about Paige versus Kim and how Kim doesn't, you know, you wish she would get in the ring more because she's so good and she came back after all that time away and she crushed it. Similar kind of story here. I'm talking about Connor McSpadden, one of the all-time legends in roast battle. He came back after not doing a battle for a few years and went up against one of our most active battlers, the current champion, Omid Singh. Uh, and they put on a hell of a show. And I want you to pay special attention here because you are going to be battling Omid in a few weeks for the championship. So it's time for you to study some game film. Uh, you ready for this one? I'm ready. Let's get into it then. This is Omid Singh against Connor McSpadden. Let's check it out. Connor, Omid! Omid has irritable bowel syndrome, or as they call it in India, just regular pooping. <laughs> Connor is ripped, but that's because he was molested. <laughs> sure, I was molested. Amid taught kids soccer. You know they're worried about you molesting the kids when they make you coach the one sport where you can't use your hands. Amid's dad actually ran a clothing business. They had a great hook, free loose body hair in every order. at Old Navy. Thank you for your service. <laughs> now he looks like a Nazi apologist that only shops at Supreme. <laughs> well, if you can afford it, I mean... I guess because they're a lot harder to steer into a skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Connor is so white, his parents are still together. Amit might be whiter than me, man. He's from Irvine. He plays tennis. He drinks kombucha. Last time I went out to eat with him, he demanded to seek to a manager. Amit's mom is actually a Reiki healer. If you don't know, Reiki is the ancient Indian art of tricking white girls who are in Eat, Pray, Love into giving you $200. You didn't need that one. <laughs> I gave you people extra jokes. Connor has bipolar one. He's currently saving up for those bipolar twos and threes. <laughs> he thinks... He thinks he's a TV star because every 30 minutes he has another episode. my college agent. I wouldn't recommend it. I've lost less money opening one of his cousin's spam emails. Uh, Connor looks like a rabbit fucked a potato bag. Or a ghost that only haunts your closet. Let's do one more, Moses. No, one no, more. No, we're done, we're done. Hey, fuck it! I need an extra joke! It's a draw. I need an extra joke. Okay. Okay. Saudi Press, what do you think about this battle? Uh, my friend, when it comes to math, I'm going to trust the Indian. Let's uh, do another joke. Yeah. <laughs> Show's racist. All right. Hey, it's super racist. This is overtime. This is a joke off. You went first last time, right? Aye. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Joke off. Let's go! Connor has dated a few female comics. It's the closest any of them have gotten to a special. Because he's retarded. Oh, okay. Yeah, in case you didn't get that thinker. I was wondering if he had a Amid, special or something. He's being a... Yeah, he is. He's special. Okay. Yeah. Amit dropped out of school before he started doing comedy. How does it feel that 15 years later, doing stand-up, your only TV credits are still the ones you got in the media department at Orange Coast Community College? I was on Rose Battle, the TV show. So that was a that was you know we don't do the judges' decisions. Omid won. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Omid has actually not lost a battle since at least 2019, as far back as my research goes. Oh my god! Yeah, he's he's really good and he's really effective. We're going to talk about him in a minute, but I want to start with Connor um, because you mentioned earlier when you were talking about Kim and Page the idea that they were terrifying. Yes. To you. I kind of forgot about Connor. To me, is the most terrifying battler we've ever had. He is my personal favorite. I think objectively, if we were looking at who uh, has the best resume, who's done the most battles, you know, most consistent, he wouldn't be it. I'm not making a case for him as the greatest of all time, but me personally, my favorite. Everybody, I'm sure, has one of these people where it's like everything that comes out of their mouth you think is funny. Yes. And Connor, to me, every roast joke he's ever told is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I'm just a massive Connor McSpadden fan. I was so glad that we got him back. And he is terrifying because he's mean. He's got the high school bully swagger. He pulls it off. He is genuinely hilarious. He is tough to find angles on. 
Um, and uh, he's and you, just so good. And you can't rattle him because he's dead inside. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he might be wearing the underwear that you just made a joke about him wearing. Which, that's one of those moments in Rose Battle yeah. where the stars collide, the heavens open up, and you're just like, oh, God, this was such a perfect moment. <sighs> so perfect. That entire run of, like, everything up until that point, which it was immediately followed by Connor. My favorite joke of the battle, uh, Connor, he gets a lot of work on cruise ships because they're hard yeah. to steer into skyscrapers. Um, that entire thing was was absolutely flawless uh, from front to back. So I wish we would see more uh, of Connor McSpadden in any capacity, judging, battling, whatever you want to do. Come on by any Tuesday. We, we fucking love you. Yes. Um, let's talk about Omid for a second. Because we just talked about how it's hard to find angles on Connor, and Omid is the master at this. If there's one skill that Omid has that's better than everybody else, the slider is turned up to 99. It is battling people that do not have obvious angles. You could take the most boring white guy ever, and Omid will find five funny ways to 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 make fun of them and roast them. He is insanely good at it, and he did it masterclass there. Yeah, yeah, Omid is. There's there's truly no one that oh, I believe that Omid will find can find unroastable. Like he, like I mean, you said it. I can't. I don't need to reiterate it. But he will find. Oh. And it's always like these backdoor where we're like, where is this coming from? And he makes the most obscure things funny or, or the most mundane things. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let's let's talk about, because uh, we, we all just saw the battle. It was incredible. Um, you're going to be facing Omid coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. This is actually a rematch from one of your more... Uh, Terrible. I was going to say notorious performances. Um, take us through what happened the first time you battled Omid and why is this time going to be different? So the first time I battled Omid, I I think I was on like a hot win streak, uh, mm-hmm. and I was I was pretty confident. And it was the day before Christmas Eve that we were battling, and I had just watched like Doug do like a you know big swing with a costume, and I felt like I wanted to try that. And so I dressed up as an elf and rewrote the words to a night before Christmas to like roast Omid but I did not like I think my biggest it was too long and I didn't spend the time to make it as mean as it could have been uh I thought the novelty of it would carry me through and it did not and I opened the show with that and just couldn't get the audience back after that just lost him and he handed my ass to me yeah so no poems this time no po- well maybe no i'm just uh, it'll just be better this time i can't say no i don't look know look at you trying to keep him on his toes I like in case know. he watches we have to leave the possibility of poems on the table so well, he prepares for it it wasn't even i was just more just like i'm not gonna rule anything out for myself okay uh so this time i'm you know i'm just gonna try to be meaner Double the costumes, <laughs> double the poems. You heard it here first. Sarah Keller is doing five separate poems and five separate costumes. What if I did? Oh my god! Now I kind of want Jesus to. Christ, please Omi do. did say he's Don't. like he's like I'm so sick of like jokes about my ethnicity. So I would really like it if you could get to know me better. This is my Omi impression. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you could get to know me better and do jokes that are not about my ethnicity. So I am going to challenge myself to do that. But I'm also going to say I'm, I'm going to say whatever I think is funny. For sure. And, but I actually think that'll benefit you because, yeah. you know, there, there's something about, uh, you know, jokes just roll off of Omid. And I don't know what it is, but um, you look at the win-loss record, right? Like 
Keith Carey, who we're going to see later, is 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 fat, and all the fat jokes work, and as a result, he's like a 500 battler. Joey Urell, who we're going to see in a minute, is in a wheelchair, and all the wheelchair jokes work, so he's a 500 battler, equal amount of wins and losses, but Omid very rarely loses because for whatever reason, the, the jokes, whether they're 7-11 variety or 9-11 variety, they don't seem to connect with him the same way that other jokes do with other obvious targets. Yes. And I will say that was one of the things that I really liked about the Connor and him battle. Uh, the first two jokes that Connor did had nothing to do with his ethnicity. And then he did the, or maybe three even. And then the the cruise ship one was a backdoor. Like mm -hmm. it started off where you're like, oh, he's, you're going to make fun of him for being a terrible comedian. And then that was the first like race joke he made. Yeah. And I thought that was so brilliant. Uh, because it was a left turn. We didn't know. For sure. I think he beat around the bush a little bit, yeah. and he came in with curveballs. Yes. He started started the count with off-speed pitches, so to speak, where he, he was, like, referencing Indian stuff, the yeah. irritable bowel syndrome. Yes. They call it regular pooping, and, like, there were free extra, clo like, hair in every order of clothes. Like, those are kind of race jokes, but also not. It was a creative, like, way around it. So uh, I think that is the key. If you're going to do it, it cannot be anything obvious that we've heard a million times. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of a masterclass on how to do it. So take notes, everybody. If you're going to battle uh, an Indian or a Middle Eastern person, find a creative way to hit that shit. Yes. Say and I it think without saying it. I, I misspoke when I said that was his first race I'm, race joke. I meant first terrorist joke. Got it. Yes. yes. Sorry. Because everybody goes for the 9-11, the 7-11 sure, jokes, like you sure, said. Sure, sure, sure. But if you're, if you're going to find a way to do it, make sure it is creative, as we just saw right there. Well... We just talked uh, at the beginning of the show about the RBL standings coming into this week. Number one is LA, number two is New York, and in this battle, we have a little bit of head-to-head. -head. Um, when a little behind the scenes, when this uh, Netflix thing was announced, we already had a full card. We had a full card. It was just going to be another Tuesday night in the belly room, and then Netflix said, "Hey, can we really do it up?" So we tossed out every battle we had except for this one. James Pontillo, the president of the New York division, a fantastic battler, was going to be in town. We had him scheduled against Joe Urell, and we said, fuck it, that one's too good to get rid of. We're, we're keeping that one, and boy, am I glad we did. These guys had a hell of a fight. Um, this is New York's James Pontillo going up against LA's Joe Urell. Let's check it out. This is exciting. Let's go. Joe's parents were both alcoholics. It's crazy no one in that family could finish 12 steps. James went to college for film and business, only to learn he had no business in film. Great job, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Joe's mom loved whiskey more than her son, but can you blame her though? At least Johnny was a walker. Yo, know, James claims cocaine gives him heartburn, but that's because he's such an Italian stereotype. He cuts his lines with a pizza wheel. <laughs> Joe's from the South, which is ironic because he'll never rise again. <laughs> James Dimebag's brother hasn't spoken to him in three years because James is a huge candy ass. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Joe looks like Pete Davidson if 9-11 was the amount of chromosomes he had. James asked the girl who took him to virginity if he could tell everyone. And that's when his sister became an alcoholic. <laughs> the first time you've ever been good on your feet. Uh, Joe loves smoking weed because it's the closest he gets to strong joints. James only mocks my broken lips because it reminds him of his family. But, um, you know, speaking of his family, James' mom died on February 14th. He's so bad with women, even his mom goes to him on Valentine's Day. That nigga in the wheelchair is gifted, gifted, That's gifted. How you doing, everybody? Keep it going, James! Pontillo, Joe, Yurel, Scotty Prince, who'd you like to listen to? Moses, that was oil well fire, my friend. That was a great fucking battle. First of all, they're both winners. They've already beaten their biggest opponent, a flight of stairs. Uh, another banger. I mean... All bangers. I, 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 you know, great job from both of them. Joe probably got it with that last joke. The ghosted on Valentine's Day is uh, incredible. I mean, he did win. Yeah. But in my mind, watching it back, I felt like it was pretty neck and neck up until that point. James did a fucking great job of coming in and adapting to the LA style yeah. of shorter jokes. New York tends to be a little monologue-y. He did a great job of just coming in and, and playing our game, and he played it really, really effectively. It was great, both of them. Yeah, I, I was impressed with James. I thought he like really, not stepped up, like he's always great, but Joe is a really hard opponent, and they were very neck and neck. I think the, the, the when Joe started to kind of pass him up was the the South will rise again joke because we've heard that against Joe in that room many times, which James probably doesn't know because sure. he's not in LA. Um, and so for me, that was when he started to lose momentum, but his last joke, uh, what was it? Oh my God. Uh, James's, James's last, joke? last joke. Uh, I don't know. It was really good though. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I remember was, the Pete Davidson 9-11 number of chromosomes. Uh, I don't remember if that was the last one. Um, but whatever the case is. Oh, I, oh strong, strong joints. Strong joints. Strong so joints is really good. Yes. Um, really top to bottom. I thought he had a consistent performance. And you're right. The only one that stands out to us, because we've seen a thousand of these. And I'm trying to deprogram my brain from that. I really am. I didn't mention the, the Kim Congdon Kool-Aid man joke yes. when we covered that battle. We've heard the Kool-Aid joke a million times. There was one in there. Uh, I, I don't remember. Uh, it was from another battle where I had the same thought. And I'm trying to sort of deprogram myself because... When you've seen 10,000 battles, you're like, oh, I've heard that joke before. I've heard that joke before. But the people in the room, you know, maybe maybe they have it. See, and I guess my distinction is, like, the Kim joke was, yes, we've heard a Kool-Aid joke against Paige. I honestly was very surprised she didn't do her Kool-Aid man comeback. Like, she has so, so many of them because they've been done so many times. But they've all been done differently, where this joke was word for word yep. what we've heard about Joe before. So that's... Uh, I'm just going to be a cunt and call people out all the time for repeating jokes. Uh, no. 
No, I think that's fair. I think the show needs a cunt, and uh, I am not good at it, and you're fantastic. You put the cunt in country, as we've discussed. Um, so I, I'm glad that you're you're here to do that. And and that's, you know, that's good. That, that you know, I think it's important that battlers challenge themselves to do material that hasn't been done before. At the same time, they can't possibly know it's been done before. Right. Especially if you're coming in from New York. With yes. us, we could sort of check in with people and be like, hey, have you heard this? Yes. But if you're coming from New York, that's a lot to ask somebody to do. But the yes. rest of his material, uh, very fresh, haven't heard that before. And against Joe, it's really tough to not hit old territory. Yes, and, and that's why I will great. say he's from New York, so he wouldn't know that in the room. That's why we heard that, you know. And I also, I'm not going to be as sticklery and a big of a cunt with new battlers. Yeah. But these people, you know, like, and again, James gets a, a pass because he's not in L.A. Um, but with... People that like us, if we steal a joke, like, come on, we should know better than that. For sure. You know, we got resources. For sure. Uh, one thing that I I love I about say that, Joe, like, now I'm totally going to do a joke that, like, has been done about Omi. Oh, 100%. Fucking get reamed. Ugh. It, it, you do not steal Slumdog Build-A-Bear. That one's mine. Do not do that. That was the first joke I wrote. Damn it. No, I'm just kidding. You got to get rid of it. Um, One thing that Joe did that I, I was a little bit worried right before Joe's last joke, because Joe obviously has sort of a, an uphill climb in terms of the under the audience understanding the words. Um, you know, Coach T is playing the beats behind everything. He brings them all the way down when Joe is about to speak. The room has to get very quiet. And Joe, once a battle, he'll have a moment where he does a rebuttal and it doesn't hit. And he can't afford to pause for even a second and have the crowd start talking amongst themselves as to why, like, yeah. whatever. So he'll finish the rebuttal, and the moment it doesn't hit, he goes, uh, anyway, anyway, speaking of the thing, but and I've seen him sort of, like, lose momentum doing that, and it happened right before the last joke, and thank God that the joke still banged because it was such a good joke. But in the moment, I remember being like, uh-oh, he's, like, sort of, like, scuffling up there, you know? Yeah, and, like, the tricky part, I think, also with, like, not being able to understand him is if you miss one or two words, you don't know what the joke is. Yeah. And that's, I was like, oh, no, I don't know what this setup is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to understand the joke. But then the setup and punch came after that, and I was like, oh, okay. Whew. Yeah, I mean, he, he did great. There's a reason he was the first ever Los Angeles main event champion. He has lost the belt to Omid, um, but Omid has discussed, and we've talked about on the show, how much he wants that rematch with Joe because it was so close, and he feels like Joe is as deserving as anybody. Um, we just announced on the RBL Commish account, uh, you know, a, a couple weeks ago that we are going to be inducting the first ever class to the Hall of Flame. Uh, and we have seen uh, over the course of five battles, I, I think six or seven people who could easily be first ballot uh, members. Uh, we're going to limit the classes so they won't all make it. But Joe Urell, in terms of what he means to the show, in terms of the legacy, being the face of the show, everything that is great about it in, in terms of delivering jokes and receiving jokes. And the only show that truly will put up anybody there are no barriers. We put up every type of person, and they are all judged on the exact same level. To me, Joe Urell is as representative of what Roast Battle is as anybody who's ever done it. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and he will get some serious consideration for the first class of the Hall of Flame. Those announcements will be coming uh, later this year. Um, but now, let's wrap up the show. And speaking of Hall of Flamers... Uh. These guys, uh, two of the absolute best we've ever had. I'm talking about Keith Carey and Nicole Buchanan. For anybody who's seen the show, neither of them needs uh, an introduction. These guys are just the best, and there was no other battle. On a night of nothing but home run battles, 
I think it was a consensus. There's no other one that could have closed us out. This is the one. Oh, and I mean, these are two people that have won Battle of the Year against each other. Yep. yep. And then were able to follow that up with an even, I thought, like, better battle. Like, this is incredible. This is their third time battling. The first time was a three-rounder in the belly room. Uh, as you mentioned, I believe it did win Battle of the Year. The second time we actually talked about on the show a few weeks ago, it was in Houston where they both stripped down to their yes. underwear, and it was an absolute disaster. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the only times I've seen either of them struggle, let yes. alone together. Uh, fortunately, this one was a lot more like the first one than the second one. The clothes stayed on. The jokes hit. I think the clothes stayed on. We'll find out in a minute. I don't totally remember. Nicole's did. Nicole's did, yeah. for sure. Keith, you know. We never know. Yeah, never know. My my guess is over under he on what joke. Button. He takes the shirt off. I'm going with two and a half, and I'm taking the under. Okay. Um, let's just watch the fucking battle. Keith and Nicole. Oh, that was my porn search. Wow. Okay. <laughs> He's actually uh, semi-famous, so if he's ringing a bell, you've probably seen him in Notre Dame. <laughs> I got more of a hunch front, if we're being honest. Netflix. Would I like to get on it for 10 minutes? Sure, but only if everyone else in Hollywood said no. <laughs> and you're like Quibi, a failure we all invested too much in. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote for Quibi. Um, okay, they're great. Um, Keith's mom uh, was a stripper. Looks like she was up here already. Um, <laughs> So he wasn't the only pathetic man convincing himself that she loved him. <laughs> he, never, he never got to sit on her lap, but for 20 bucks, she would sit on his. <laughs> Nicole's ex-boyfriend was a heroin addict. He was the first junkie to hit rock bottom from the back. <laughs> Don't make me take a picture with you. <laughs> <laughs> Keith went to 15 different schools. As a kid, he moved around a lot. So as an adult, he said never again. <laughs> Every time someone tells Nicole she's hot, it has the same energy as when the high school basketball team puts the retarded kid on the court at the end of the game. <laughs> of what beautiful people do. <laughs> Just kind of wave gently. Oh, okay. It's true. I'm hideous. Uh, <laughs> but to be fair, Keith looks like he tells all female comics that in their YouTube comments. <laughs> true 
true story. A few years ago, Nicole posted a suicide note online and then went missing. So a bunch of us, a bunch of her friends, went out looking for her. And me and my friend were in one car looking for Nicole, and we may or may not have stopped at Wendy's. <laughs> because what we realized at that moment is Nicole's life is worth slightly less than a Baconator. <laughs> Baconator is worth more to you than your own life. So. <laughs> Keith had to get naked to get on Comedy Central. I've never seen someone so fat, desperate, and naked that wasn't entering Moses' bedroom. <laughs> on television. You guys act like you don't even watch Animal Planet. Oh! Bear grills! Bear grills! Nicole was sexually assaulted during law school, and I don't know what that guy was thinking. Why would you pay UCLA tuition to rape DeVry pussy? <laughs> God, you know what? I, I forgot how great this night is because I said before, I said authoritatively, Paige versus Kim was the battle of the night, maybe the battle of the year. I'm not even convinced it was the best battle on this show anymore. No disrespect to them, but I, Keith and Nicole, I think I take for granted mm -hmm. because they've done it so many times and it's always perfect, it's always flawless, always new, fresh jokes that we've never heard before. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, that, that was incredible. That, that is a masterclass in roast battling. Like, from everything. Obviously, the joke writing is flawless. To their true friendship, they're truly having fun on stage together. And they're chivalrous with each other. They're giving each other the opportunity to keep going. Like, at one point, Nicole uh, did one joke, and then she held her finger up, and because Keith was about to talk, and he stepped back and let her finish. Yep. And... That's that like literally every single top to bottom moment of that battle was perfection and and every battler should study it. I, I I'm fangirling. It was so I forgot like I knew it was good, yeah. but I fuck dude. You know what's so funny when when you've seen somebody battle upwards of fifty times, like I have Keith. Um, you pick up little things every time because you're like, what, what more can I say about the guy, right? I picked up something little this time. So he takes his shirt off, right? Which also we didn't address that I, immediately. I completely, I legitimately forgot. I that did too. He had it off for the <laughs> entire battle, which uh, was perfect. And the crowd obviously loved it. And <laughs> the thing I noticed this time, this sounds insane, but Keith is so good at laughing at his opponent's material. And every time he laughs with his shirt off, his it belly giggle, like shakes jiggles. up and down like like a bowl full of jelly, mm -hmm. and it just makes him more <laughs> likable. Yeah, because I found myself looking after these really mean jokes about Keith. I found myself looking at his stomach, <laughs> just like shaking with laughter. And goddamn, every little piece 
of the puzzle is perfect. It's just, uh, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. They're two of my best friends in comedy, two of my favorite people. Um, I've had the honor of battling both of them multiple times mm -hmm. and it is just an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, it's just so fun. It's never not fun with those two, unless Nicole is in a, a dark place, like a, you know, the, the Baconator joke, then it's less fun. But, uh, you know, it's just always, they always put on a show. They're always great. And to headline the Netflix show, like I said before, absolute, just a no brainer. Yeah, I agree. They are two of the most fun to battle, to watch. Like they both genuinely get up there and have fun. And just, I think go in with the intention of, we want this to be a great performance. Like that's it yeah. from both of us. And I mean, they knocked it out of the park. Everybody knocked it out of the park on this night. Um, it's uh, a lot easier for us to do this uh, when there's really, I mean, in a way it's harder because there's nothing really to say. We don't have to pick apart. Nobody's using their notes, their phones. Nobody's, you know, doing whatever. We were really nitpicking to try to find any yeah. remotely negative things because it was hard because it was a great, great night. Um, I'm so happy that we both got to be a part of it and that we got to watch it here today. As I said, this was my first time watching the show since then. Um, and uh, it was even better than I remember. I agree. Yeah. It was so good. So we'll be back next week with more of the classic RBL weekly format. I know our fans across the country and across the world were hoping to see more battles from other cities. Don't worry. We'll be back next week with what we usually do. Um, and I'm already looking forward to it. Until next time, I'm Pat Barker. I'm Sarah Keller. And uh, that was RBL Weekly. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.